Well, take your Bibles and turn to Luke 2, Luke chapter 2. Two weeks ago, we looked at the child of Christmas. Last week, it was the gift of Christmas, and this week, it is the joy of Christmas, taken from Luke 2. Beloved, let me ask you this question. When you think of joy at Christmas, what comes to your mind? Some of you might say, well, it's being with family. Okay. It's observing Christmas traditions. It's exchanging gifts. It's singing Christmas songs. It's watching Christmas movies. Or it's eating all that good food. (laughs) Some of you might respond that way. But you know, with all of this, come this Saturday and Sunday, it'll all be over with. And then family will be leaving. Monday's going to arrive. Everybody will be at work with the routine of life. Is that joy? Something that's here today and gone tomorrow? No. Here in Luke 2, we see this wonderful joy. Beginning in verse 8. Follow as I read. In the same region, and actually this is pointing back to verses 4 to 6, where Mary and Joseph had left Galilee and went to the city of David, which is Bethlehem of Judea. It says there, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And may God add his blessing to the reading of this passage of scripture. I do love this text. And this aspect of the Christmas story, it's filled with drama and excitement, a moving from darkness to light. And at the center of it all is joy. We see that there in verse 10, don't we? The angel saying, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Beloved, joy is simply a delight of the soul in God. A peace and contentment in Him, His plan, His purposes. Here it is over an announcement that came to the shepherds in the fields near Bethlehem. And the announcement that brought joy was that the Savior was born that day, whose name is what? Christ Jesus the Lord.
He was the promised Messiah from the Old Testament. Now you might ask, how does this bring joy? The answer is found in the term Savior. That was in bold letters this morning. Savior. We read in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. The angel had come to Joseph and said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, as Savior, he had to be the God-man, both to represent man and to deliver from sin. That is good news. That is the gospel, which should bring great joy. Amen? Yes. And so this morning, do you have joy? Do you have joy during this season and throughout the year? Honestly, ask your heart that question. If not, why not? Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe Jesus is not your Savior. That's very possible. Maybe there is unrepentant sin in the hearts of believers. Maybe you're distracted during this season and gotten your focus off of Christ and all the other things that are temporary and not eternal. By God's grace, may this be changed for His glory. Because His will for you is to know His joy. It is. We see that a number of times in Scripture, and we'll see that today. And so I want you to consider with me four truths. Four truths concerning the joy of Christmas that's found in this narrative account. And I trust that it will renew your soul and challenge your heart as it has mine throughout this week. It's been good. Good for my heart to meditate on these things. And I pray that as we meditate on it as a body of believers, you will find your heart filled with joy for your Savior. The first truth is seen there in verses 8 to 10. Again, it says, In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. What seems to be clear here? The truth that we can see in those verses. The joy of Christmas replaces fear. Fear. The joy of Christmas replaces fear. That is what happened here. No question. Can you imagine the setting of that evening? These shepherd men, who, by the way, were not wimps, all right? They were strong and courageous. And they were guarding their sheep in the pitch darkness of night. How many of you have been, let's say, out in a field in the pitch darkness of night? I have. I still can remember uh, years ago, 
going out to a rancher's house. And on his property, he took me out onto his land. And yes, we were driving around at night in his pickup. And he did have his lights on. And as we got to the field, he put him on bright. And in that moment, you could see deer out in the field. You could see his cattle. Maybe even a coyote going across the field there. And then all of a sudden, he turned off the light. Oh my, it was just dark out there. There was no street lamps, and there was no street lamps in those days. Oh yes, there may have been a fire, but the text does not tell us. Well, all of a sudden, an angel appeared (laughs) with the glory of God shining around them. I mean, these men had taken on invaders many times. <laughs> Both man and beast. But nothing like this. The text tells us that they were terribly frightened. The Greek there, they feared a great fear. <laughs> it's stressed. And it's understandable. It's possible that their lives were at stake. <laughs> But more significantly, I mean being in the presence of God, His glory. They became aware of their sinfulness in God's judgment. But the angel quickly spoke the comforting words that we find in verses 10 and 11. What does it say there? Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What comforting words. That replaced the fear that was in their heart at that moment. I want you to bear with me for a moment. And I want us to look at a number of texts here in the context leading up to this passage because there's some insight here I want you to notice look with me back at Luke chapter 1 verses 11 to 15 Luke chapter 1 verses 11 to 15 and the angel of the Lord appeared to him that is to Zacharias Standing in the, standing to the right of the altar of incense, Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. That is John the Baptist. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And we'll see why here in a moment. Now go with me over to verse 28 of Luke 1. And coming in, he said to her, this is another angel, the angel Gabriel, to Mary. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. What comforting words. Look with me over at verse 67 and following. This is Zacharias' prophecy after his son was born. That is John the Baptist. And he says, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he spoke to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies, notice this next phrase, may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give to His people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. All of this leads in To this event that took place with the shepherds. When they were terribly frightened by what they all of a sudden saw. And the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Yes, the Savior coming to rescue men from sin is a message of great joy that replaces fear. Two weeks ago, we were in Hebrews chapter 2. And we looked at those wonderful words in verses 14 and 15. Listen to these. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, that is Jesus, likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. How glorious. There is hope in Christ. That's what brings comfort to our hearts, joy, and replaces any fear that is there or may be there. Could it be that there are some here who are gripped by fear? Remember the two men I spoke to you about over the last couple of weeks? One was my Sunday school teacher. His testimony, he had fear that gripped his heart until one day, The light of God's word shone upon his heart and showed him his sin. He turned to Christ and knew the peace of God. How about that cowboy on the rodeo circuit I mentioned last week? Whom I shared Romans 6.23 with. I explained it to him and I asked the question. 
If you're on a bull this coming weekend and you're thrown from that bull and the bull gores you and you die, will you go into eternity and be with the Lord? He says, I don't know for sure. I said, then this text says, the wages of sin is death. Separation from God. You could just see the fear on his face. He was trembling in that moment. For you, maybe it has come to the forefront of your heart during this pandemic. You might say, well, that's just natural. Be careful with that. Examine your heart. Don't suppress that. You may be lost. And you don't realize it. And God is using that fear to draw you to himself. You can know joy instead by embracing the good news of Christ Maybe there are believers who are fearful. Why? This doesn't have to be. Examine your heart, repent, and meditate upon the joyful message of Christmas and see it replace your fear. It did for the shepherds, didn't it? Sure, it did for Mary, didn't it? Yes, it did for Zacharias, didn't it? We're just like them. It will replace our fear as well. The joy of Christmas replaces fear. That's what happened here in this passage. That brings us to the next truth. But I wish, which I would quickly want to highlight here from verses 11 and 12. Notice what it says. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What do we have here? The joy of Christmas is fulfilled promises. The joy of Christmas is fulfilled promises. And the fulfilled promises are, first of all, the birth of the Savior, which we have already referenced in the first part of this message. But there's another promise, and that is the place of the Savior's birth. In Isaiah 7 and verse 14, the prophet said these words, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. In the Gospel of Matthew, you see that prophecy related there in 1 verse 23. Turn with me, if you would, over to Micah. Near the end of the Old Testament, Micah. Micah chapter 5. Jonah, Micah, one of the minor prophets. We looked at this passage some years ago during the Christmas season. Micah 5, beginning with verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. 
Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Now, it's very possible here that these shepherds were aware of these promises from the Old Testament. In fact, I'm of the persuasion that it's possible here these shepherds were believers or they became believers that night. And there's some indication of that here in the context, and we'll see that here in a moment. And so the angel here did not have to command them to go and see the baby Jesus. (laughs) No, they were eager to find out for themselves what had come to pass upon receiving the sign. And what was the sign? What does it say there in verse 12? This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Really, the sign there is lying in a manger. (laughs) I would imagine that there were a number of babies in that area who were wrapped in claws. But only one would be in a manger. Again, look what it says down in verse 16. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay where? In the manger. That was the sign. And so it was joy for them to not only hear, but also to see that what God had spoken centuries earlier was now being fulfilled before them in His perfect plan. It confirmed that God's Word is true. It's trustworthy. Amen? Yes. So this means that believers today can have joy in looking back and seeing the fulfilled promises. In fact, I like what it says earlier And it was read this morning in our scripture reading. Verses 44 and 45 of Luke 1. Here Elizabeth is speaking to Mary and she says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. But even more, beloved, it confirms that the promises yet to be fulfilled concerning the Savior will come to pass. Listen to these familiar words from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And once again, we were singing about that this morning, weren't we? It says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of His government or of peace on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts has accomplished this. This speaks not only to a child being born, Christ but also to what else? 
to a perfect government that he will lead, that he will oversee in the future. I mean, doesn't this bring great delight to your soul given the government that we are under right now? And at the turn of the year, we're going to be under a new president? I hope and pray that during those days, this truth will come to my heart. And remember that one day, I'm going to be under a perfect government where Jesus is reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. May that fill my heart with joy in spite of all that's going on. The imperfection that is there. Yes, indeed, the joy of Christmas is fulfilled promises. Trusting and meditating upon what has happened in the past and what will still happen in the future. If the promises concerning His first coming came to pass, won't the promises of His second coming come to pass? Amen! Yes, let's sing it out! This is the joy of Christmas. And so the joy of Christmas replaces fear. It's fulfilled promises. There's another truth that's captured in verses 13 and 14. Follow as I read. As we proceed in this narrative account. And suddenly... There appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. We'll stop there. What do you notice? The joy of Christmas is expressed through worship. The joy of Christmas is expressed through worship. Try to picture the scene here. (laughs) I tried to do that this past week. A multitude of angels, a heavenly host, suddenly bursted forth with praise to God. We don't have a count here. (laughs) But it certainly was a huge, and I mean a huge, heavenly choir crying out, Glory to God in the highest! Glory to God in the highest! You have the angel speaking these words. Fear not. A Savior is born. You have the glory of the Lord shining around about them. And then this heavenly host saying, glory to God in the highest. It's almost overwhelming to think about. In fact, I don't think we fully appreciate that moment. <laughs> I believe the shepherds were overwhelmed. I certainly would have been. You know, I think it's important to understand that these angels were associated with Jesus in his pre-incarnation. When they observed him in his glorious majesty and then seen him leave the realms of glory to take on humanity and now being born as savior of the world to deliver men from their sin. They were aware of his amazing wisdom and love. 
accomplish this. But let's not forget what verse 20 says. What does it say there? The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. This is one of the reasons I believe they were believers or they became believers that night. And though their worship was not as spectacular, it was a sweet aroma lifted up to God Almighty. Yeah. And so God's people are to do the same today given what we see and know from the Scriptures. One of my favorite passages is in Ephesians 1 where it says there in verse 7, In Him... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. But it doesn't stop there. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be to the praise of His glory. The praise of His glory. That's why I love Christmas concerts so much. <laughs> when my wife and I were living in Southern California, going to Grace Community Church for a number of years, they had a Christmas concert. Probably about a hundred. You had musicians, you had people in a choir, and for about two hours they just sang the glory of God. It was awesome, if I may use the word. In fact, when I came here, I think someone gave me tickets to Handel's, I think it's Handel's Messiah. Yeah. And I remember sitting just listening to that, just being enraptured with joy over what my Savior did for me. In fact, I enjoyed just listening to the children this morning. You see, they were singing Luke 2, 8 to 14 there. Did you catch that? I hope you did. And so let the message of Christ, what He's done and will do, fill your heart and with joy bring glory to Him. Not just at Christmas time. No, all year through. Besides, this is what you're going to be doing in eternity, right? <laughs> you bet you are. In fact, before we leave this point, turn with me over to Revelation. This just came to my mind. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Beginning with verse 8. The scene is in heaven. Revelation 5, verse 8. When he had taken the book, that is Jesus. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels 
around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And God's people say, amen, amen. Yes, the joy of Christmas is expressed through worship. Finally, there is one other truth that we can't overlook there in Luke 2 in verse 14. I'll read the whole verse, but we'll be focused on the second half. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Do you see the truth that's there? It just stands out. The joy of Christmas is experienced by God's grace. It's experienced by God's grace. The angels here were not only glorifying God in the highest for sending the Savior, but they were also praising God for the peace that would be experienced by men on earth through this Savior. So what you have here in verse 14 is God's glory and grace being exalted. That's what you have. I say this because peace here is peace with God. Where man and God are reconciled due to sins forgiven. You see, this happens not because men deserve it, but by God's grace through faith. In the Savior sin. That's really the understanding of the phrase among men with whom he is pleased. Or better, of his good pleasure or of his favor. You see, sinners don't receive peace because they please God. <laughs> we don't. Or far from it. But because of his pleasure, his favor, his goodwill, his grace. Last week in our scripture reading, we were in Ephesians 2. Do you remember that? Listen to to these words once again from verses 4 to 9. After Paul just speaks about the sinfulness of man, he says this, But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Beloved, it's not only the salvation that is a gift. It's God's grace 
and the faith to believe that's also a gift. It's all of God's grace. We were sinful, not pleasing God, going our own way. And God sought us out in our sin and rescued us. Wow, what grace. So folks, do you have God's peace because of His grace that helped you to see your sin, to turn from it, and then to trust in Jesus as Savior? How I pray that's your testimony this morning. The place where the joy of Christmas really begins, doesn't it? Yes. A while back in history, someone asked and answered the question, where's joy found? Where's joy found? This was their response. Not in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel of the most pronounced type. He wrote, I wished I had never been born. Not in pleasure. Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure if anyone did. He wrote, the worm, the canker, and grief are mine alone. Not in money. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that. When dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. Not in position and fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed more than his share of both. He wrote, youth is a mistake. Manhood is a struggle. Old age is a regret. Not in military glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world of his day. Having done so, he wept in his tent because he said, there are no more worlds for me to conquer. Where then is real joy found? The answer is simple. You know it. In Christ alone. Amen? In fact, this coincides with what John said in his first epistle. Go with me to 1 John 1 as we begin to close this message this morning. 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4. First John, beginning with the first four verses of that epistle. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, who is whom? Jesus And the life was manifested and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. May your joy this morning be complete, not only this Christmas, but throughout the year, as it replaces fear. Trust in the promises fulfilled concerning Christ. Worships God and experiences, grows in God's grace. 
That is the rich blessing the shepherds realized that first Christmas night and the days following. That's the answer for our hearts as well. May you embrace these truths. May they fill your soul this week. And then share this wonderful message with the lost and dying world for his glory and honor. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning and what a blessing it is to just take time out and walk through this story. One small aspect of the Christmas event that took place. God, how wonderful it must have been. We were not there, but we see it through the eyes of your word. Well, I pray that, God, we would be like the shepherds and respond in the way that, God, you desire. May we know the wonderful joy of Christmas and bring you glory through it in Jesus' name. Amen.